0: Hi folks, Terry Milroy here wanting to offer you an opportunity to join my new group coaching program, Sell Your Genius. Sell Your Genius is designed for coaches and course creators who have plateaued in revenue or impact in their business or are looking to try to maximize their impact by making a deeper and more impactful transformation for their clients. This is also a great fit for new coaches or course creators who want to be sure that the way they present their expertise is designed to make the biggest impact on their clients possible. Now, sell your genius as being offered as a pilot for the first time. And because of that, it is very high touch, very intimate, and the investment is the lowest it has ever been or ever will be. So if this is something that you think would benefit you and your business, or again, if you are a new coach or course creator who's looking to start off on the right foot, click the link in the show notes and take a look at Sell Your Genius. There are 15 spots available in this program before it closes, and I hope to see you there. Take care. to the Profit Able Podcast, your go-to resource for tips to grow your business and live your best life. I'm your host, Terry Milroy, and each week I'll be bringing you insider strategies to help you build a profitable coaching business or online course while also cultivating a lifestyle that you love. Get ready to up-level your income and your joy as we dive into today's show. Let's do it. Friends and welcome to the Prophet able podcast this is episode three and i am your hostess terry milroy business and life coach entrepreneur and the creator of sell your genius which we'll talk about at the end of the episode um it's a saturday and we are having torrential rain and thunderstorms where i live and uh I just got my hair treated this morning. Um, I'm one of the people in the world who unfortunately lives in the South, but is blessed with incredibly frizzy hair. So I went and got keratin put on my hair today. And that's a big commitment. It was several hours in the chair, but uh, looks much better now. No more frizz, but I can't exercise. I can't wash my hair. And I can't go outside because it's raining because I can't get my hair wet for three days. So why am I telling you this? Um, Just because it is interesting that I am going to be spending the whole weekend uh, because it's going to rain the whole weekend uh, inside. I can't go to the gym. I can't sweat. I can't do much of anything this weekend other than sit home and do work on my business And uh, I can't even take my dogs outside for a walk uh, because it's going to rain the whole two days. So um, I'm happy to spend some time with you all. And uh, hopefully what we are talking about today will be of great benefit because today we're going to talk about uh, the difference between teaching and coaching. And why are we talking about this today? Well, that's a great question we are talking about this because I see a lot of people out in the entrepreneurial space right now who call themselves coaches and there's nothing wrong with it. It's not ill-intentioned. It's just that they call themselves coaches, but their niche or niche, whichever word you prefer um, is very teachy heavy. And what do I mean by that? So teachers are required to provide answers to the people that they work with. Um, you know, when you went to school, you had a teacher who knew the what, the why, the when, the how of whatever subject you were learning. And they talked about it as an expert in that particular subject. And you had to correctly respond to whatever it was that they presented to you either orally or in writing, um, because you had to know what facts were correct. And that is true in some niches. If you are teaching Kajabi, for example, a lot of the tech that you teach in terms of how do you create a course? How do you add a video? How do you create captions? How do you create a checkout page? All of that stuff. That is very much teaching because there is, in fact, a right way and a wrong way to accomplish what you're doing. That said, there are other niches where it is not quite so cut and dry. For instance, I used to do um, and hopefully will do someday again, relationship coaching. Really enjoyed it. But if you are talking to someone about problems they're having with their significant other, then it is not really your job as the coach to talk at them and tell them what it is they need to know. It is your job to ask questions and see what this person already thinks and feels and intuitively understands about their situation so that you can help them to find their own answers. Right? Teaching is what um, in education, because I also teach in addition to coaching, um, in education, we call that the sage on the stage. You know, it's the read this chapter, take this quiz, read this chapter, take this quiz type of behavior because there is only right and wrong answers this is particularly true in things like basic math um which is one reason that a lot of people don't like basic math because there is only one correct answer and it doesn't matter how you look at it or how innovative or creative you want to become 1 plus 1 does not equal 3 <laughs> so uh, a lot of people don't like that that there's no room for interpretation but coaches are required to create a space where the answer is not right or wrong, and it is not coming from the coach. It is coming from inside of the person who is being coached because in most instances we know as individuals what we need to do or how we need to behave or who is good for us or bad for us or what our own responsibility is in a situation. But we don't always want to acknowledge it. It's very easy to say, um, you know, in order to train your dog to heal, you first must have the dog with a leash. (laughs) That's a fact. Um, I mean, I have seen coaches that actually, or trainers that actually teach heel off leash first. Um, But if you're going to take your dog out in a public space, in most places, your dog has to heel on a leash. Um, But in a relationship, it doesn't matter what I think about your relationship as your coach, unless, you know, you're being harmed, in which case, you know, then it is time for me to step in and intervene um but if you are in a relationship regardless of what i think about it your feelings about it and what you want and need as an individual are what are really important so these differences expand kind of from that basic structure in that teachers also give instruction right um If I go to you for tutoring in chemistry, then I am expecting you to teach me how to use the correct formula or how to use the correct elements from the periodic table or whatever it is. But coaches facilitate inner work and thinking deeply about yourself and your own needs and desires. And that can be actually way more difficult to do for people uh, than just teaching them chemistry because sometimes people don't want to think about what they want or what they need. Um, moms are this way a lot and, and I'm not excluding dads or people who identify as male and I'm not including Um, Every single person who is a mom or identifies as female, but um, especially when children are small, it is not uncommon for moms to sacrifice their sleep, uh, their preferences when it comes to food or entertainment or travel or anything else in order to facilitate doing what is either best for their children or what their children prefer. Not every mom dreams of spending a week at Disney World. I was just in Orlando, Florida a few weeks ago and take my word for it. Orlando is a lovely place and the people there were incredibly kind and thoughtful and we enjoyed ourselves immensely. But Orlando, Florida in July is a steam bath, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And and if you are not prepared for that, then that's not the place that you want to be, especially during summer vacation um, here in the States. So some moms sacrifice their own preferences in order to facilitate the preferences of their children. The same thing goes with food. There are a lot of moms out there, and my heart goes out to each and every one of them who sometimes give up their meal in order to make sure that their children eat. Dads do this too. Again, I'm not excluding anybody. Um. But I say this because when we are looking inside of ourselves, sometimes we are so used to giving up in order to do for others that We don't know how to see what we want or what we want is covered in so much guilt that we can't necessarily get to it. And it's the coach's job to uncover that, to bring to the surface, you know, you are entitled as a human being to your own wants, your own preferences, your own desires, and to have your needs and at least some of your wants and desires met. Because it's not right for your family or your friends or whoever to always have what they want and what they prefer and what they need and for you to never have your wants or needs met. So coaches help uncover that, whereas a teacher is just saying, this is what's best for you. Teachers also are, in the job description of delivering criticism. Hopefully that criticism is delivered in a constructive way. Um, they don't you know, write on your essay, you suck. Um, although I have had professors uh, in college and my master's degree write comments like, most of your essays are excellent. This was very disappointing. <laughs> uh, and that was very deflating for me. Um, That was, I suppose, their version of constructive criticism. But coaches do not criticize. That is not our role as coaches to criticize. Our role is to provide encouragement and also to hold space for our clients. And this is one of the biggest differences, I think. A teacher is responsible for creating a safe space for learning but they are not responsible for holding the energy of every single one of their students and providing a container where that person can dig deep within themselves and be vulnerable. Okay, that is not the teacher in the classroom's responsibility. As coaches, though, it is our responsibility to hold space for our clients and holding space can be really difficult because it involves pushing our own preferences and our own egos aside. And just being there specifically focused on our client, on what they are feeling and experiencing in that moment and making no judgment about it. And that's hard sometimes. I have had clients, especially in the relationship space, where I desperately wanted to have judgment, but that wasn't my role. And my role was to hold the space, to let the person uncover the anger or the hurt or the disappointment or the betrayal or whatever it was, and to come to their own understanding of whether or not they had dealt with it, A. And B how they were going to proceed based on ultimately how they felt they could long-term deal with the issue. And that wasn't my job to decide. So though a classroom teacher is going to criticize and direct students when they get the wrong answer in coaching, Almost 100% of the time, there is no wrong answer. There are only options that the client sees as optimal or less than optimal. And it's your job to help them navigate those options that they uncover themselves to choose the one that they think is best for them. It's also particularly true as you're holding space for coaching clients, that we do not look at our clients as passing or failing in our programs. There is only progress. Some people make big progress and make it quickly. Some people make small progress at a reasonable rate. Some people make big progress, but at a very slow rate. And all of those are okay because everyone has a different speed at which they can integrate information and actually dig into themselves and be honest with themselves about whatever the situation is that they're being coached over. In a classroom, a teacher has a finite amount of time that they have to get students from point A, welcome to class, to point B, which is the class has ended, you must have a passing grade in order to go to the next class. And for people who have taught, just like I have, it's very difficult to look at the classroom and the progress that you help students to achieve over a fairly short period of time, and then go into a coaching situation and be like, We're just here. Now, you may have only paid me for 12 weeks, so that may be how many calls we have. But if you are only what I would consider a week or two's progress into your journey at the end of those 12 weeks that's okay. That's where you've gotten to, that's where you're comfortable. And if you want to dig in some more, you can come to me for another 12 weeks. Um but if you're okay with where you are or if you think that you can make more progress on your own, that's okay too. And we don't look at it that way in formal education. Formal education has a very structured progression that you have to work through. And in coaching, there's not so much a structured progression. Obviously, we make promises to our clients when we advertise our services. And we talk about what the outcome is that we promise that people who do the work will get. But the truth of the matter is the promise that we make is based upon an average of people that we serve. And you're going to have some people that come into a coaching program who are with you for six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, six months, a year. And at the end of your time together, their progress is going to have been slower than average. And they're not going to be at the outcome that you promised. Now, does that make you a bad coach? No. It may mean that you need to think about additional structures if there are things that that client needed that you see repeatedly in other clients um, that would help them to progress faster or to give them more opportunities to progress. But sometimes we have to just be okay with the fact that some people may not want to get to the outcome that we promise when they realize what's involved. Or they may work through things at such a pace that they will reach that outcome, but not until after they've left our programs. And that's okay. All of that is. A teacher um, is going to be evaluated on how many of her students pass her class. As a coach, you are evaluated by the clients based upon What you give them in terms of preparation, in terms of support, in terms of the amount of transformation that they are ready to accept from you over the length of the program that they have enrolled in. So you could get some of your most glowing testimonials from people who don't achieve the promise that you offer. Now, that's unlikely, but you could because it may be that they took a while to start uncovering the root of whatever the issue is that they've come to you for. And at the end of your program together, they know that there's more work that they need to do, but they don't have the funds or the time or feel like they just understand the process well enough that they don't need to re-enroll with you. And so they're going to go do it on their own But what you have allowed them to understand about themselves is what has given them the confidence to be able to continue the process. And so you may get glowing testimonials, even referrals from clients who didn't actually achieve the outcome that your program promised. And I think that this kind of folds into the fact that Teachers are looking at external factors a lot, Um, not necessarily external in terms of, you know, Susie grew an inch or, you know, Tommy is now able to shoot a basket, although PE teachers would be looking at things like that. Um, But teachers in the classroom are looking at tests, assessments, um, whether those are, you know, the teacher's own assessments or national assessments or state assessments that are required in their subject. They're looking at external results. They can't open the child's skull up and know what that kid has learned and understood. So they measure their success via external assessment. Coaches, on the other hand, measure success based upon the aha moments that their clients have those light bulbs where if you are working with a client uh, live either one-on-one or in a group setting where you are working with them individually in that moment and you see that light come on behind their eyes and sometimes you'll see their shoulders suddenly relax or their posture suddenly straighten, or a big smile suddenly hit their face because they suddenly get something inside that they had never gotten before. So we measure our success not via an external, um, although I suppose those are all external signs that we would see physiologically, but we measure success based on the n- the number of ahas and how much those ahas can impact that student or that client. So there's one more thing that I think is really important. And this is one of the things that is particularly hard for me. I'm going to be really honest. I am a person who doesn't do a lot of socializing because I'm very busy. I have a lot of different balls that I juggle on a regular basis. But um, I love visiting with people. I love talking to people. You know, when I go back to my hometown uh, of Dallas, Texas, and visit with my family, I stay up late visiting with them almost every single night because it is such a joy for me to get to talk to people. Hold on one second. Okay, sorry, we had to take a momentary pause. We had a dog who was having a little bit of an issue. But anyway, um, I love to stay up with my family. I love to just talk to them about all different things under the sun and hear about all the little things in their life that I don't get to experience with them on a day-to-day basis. And so when they're talking i often um have the experience that i am thinking as they're talking oh my gosh i can't wait to share this with them Th- this relates to what they're saying and i think many of us converse and communicate with people in that way as we are listening it's not that we are not trying to pay attention but our brains tend to you know suddenly start thinking, oh, that I I can't forget to say this. Can't forget to um, mention that or tell this story. And in coaching, it's really important that we divest ourselves of our relationship to whatever it is that's going on with our clients. We need to be there 100% for them. It is not our job to interject our own experience into what they are digging into most of the time. Again, sometimes you coach people in certain niches and it is appropriate to give an example that might help them understand something if you're trying to ask them a question or get them to think more deeply about something you you might give them an example from your own experience to help them understand what it is you're asking them to do that that's not unreasonable but we are not looking to interject our own stories or our own social life or whatever into the lives of our clients when they are being coached this is one reason why it's really difficult to coach family and friends because there's so much that you want to share with people that you care about. And it's very difficult to just sit there and hold the space and ask the relevant questions and let them talk and dig into their stuff and not speak about yourself, not add your own context or your own, um, life experience into that conversation but it's really important when you're working with someone as a coaching client that you do not do that except again where it is relevant to help them better understand what you're asking or what kind of outcome you're trying to help them get to and there's probably some other things that I'm not thinking about right now but in general it's important for us to listen and not speak. Whereas as a teacher, it is important for you to speak a lot of the time, not that you don't listen, but speaking is the critical part of your job as a teacher, whereas listening is your critical position as a coach. So I hope all of that makes sense. It is um, something that Again, I've noticed a lot recently that there are a lot of people who are teaching rather than coaching clients in niches that maybe people could use more coaching. And so if you are in, I'm just going to pick a random example. I'm not picking on any certain person, but let's say that you're in the health and wellness space, and you are trying to help clients with weight loss, okay, there's all sorts of things that you may be focused on, and your niche may be nutrition, or it may be um, weightlifting to build muscle so you burn more fat. In both of those examples, there is a lot of teaching to be done because there's information about calories and carbs versus fats versus proteins and essential vitamins and minerals and supplementation and, you know, how many reps at what weight and in what order and all of that kind of stuff that you would teach in order to help your clients get the outcome that they're looking for. But there's also the possibility that you have clients whose main problem is rooted in an internal struggle and in that case while it is still appropriate to teach the nutrition or the exercise or whatever you are intending to teach if you are working individually with a client you may need to flip from teacher to coach and allow them to answer some open-ended questions about why weight loss is a struggle for them because there are people who have been through terrible trauma and that trauma has caused them to subconsciously decide to put on weight there are people who are desperately unhappy in their current situation whether it's a relationship whether it's a job um, whether it's something else and so they eat to self-medicate, there are all sorts of things that could be going on with a client. And when you switch from the exercises and the nutrition to the what is at the root of this weight gain, you also have to change the way you approach the client. And I just want wanted to do this particular episode because I think that a lot of clients and customers out there don't really know the difference between a coach and a teacher. And hopefully all of us in the entrepreneurial space do. But if you haven't gone through a formal coaching program where you learn to be a coach, I would recommend that strongly, especially if you are in spaces where you deal with a lot of, emotional, and mental issues that are causing whatever the problem is that you are coaching people through. But customers and clients, regardless, may not know the difference between a teacher and a coach when they come to you for the first time. All they know is that they have a problem and you claim that you can solve it. So be very conscious of the role that you play with the client that you are working with And make sure that coaching clients or clients you are working with in various ways, when you are coaching them, make sure that they understand that in that moment or in that role, you are facilitating their own decision making. You are not there to tell them what to do because 99 times out of a hundred, that's not our job. There are, of course, you know, those outside, somebody's going to send me a DM or something and say, well, I had a client who was in an abusive relationship and her partner threatened to kill her. And in that case, I did tell her what to, and yes, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. There are always exceptions, but in most cases, Our job is not to tell our clients what to do. And sometimes they don't understand that. And that can be a reason why they stop participating in our programs. So one thing that I've been very conscious of just recently and that I would encourage you to think about is for people who have never worked with a coach before, or even if they have, make sure that you start off in a coaching relationship Explaining to people what a coach actually does and how you are actually going to be working with them, and that you will not be directing their activities. You will be inviting them to think about things. You will be giving them questions to consider. You will be posing scenarios for them to think about, but you are not there to tell them what to do because that way you set them up for appropriate expectations. And when you set them up for appropriate expectations, hopefully they stick with the program and they're not surprised or disappointed when they get to a certain place and realize that's all they're going to get. You're not actually going to hand them you know, the secret blue pill or you know, give them the magic bullet that's going to fix whatever is wrong with them, that fixing what is wrong with them is actually their internal work to do. You are there to help them and to guide them and to support them as they do that work all right so um, that's all I am going to say on that topic but I appreciate everyone listening to me ramble on this topic today because uh, it's something that has really been on my mind for the last few weeks and I felt like I needed to get it on the recording so before we go If you missed the intro to this week's episode, let me just mention that this episode is going live on Tuesday, September the 12th, 2023, and CART is open for Sell Your Genius. Sell Your Genius is my six-week program that helps coaches and course creators who have plateaued in their income or their impact to expand either or both by more deeply serving the clients that they have in order to earn more testimonials, more organic referrals into their business, more secondary purchases from those clients, and to reduce refunds. This is also a great program for any new coach or course creator who just wants to set their digital content up in a way that's going to deeply serve and empower their clients from the very beginning. So if you are one of those coaches or course creators and you think that that is the solution for you, then please click the, sh- the link in the show notes and it will take you to the page that will tell you more about the program. And I hope that I will see you inside. I'm really super excited about this. This is a new version of this offer. This is something that I have spent the last six years of my life doing work professionally on with industry education and nonprofits and everything that is being taught inside the program is scientifically backed it is based on research and not my research but the research of hundreds and hundreds of adult learning theorists and people who study how the brain works and how different people process learning and information to help you to help other people. So uh, this program, Sell Your Genius, this September launch is the beta launch of the program. There are only 15 spots being offered. And the reason for this is because it is going to be extremely high touch. You are going to have incredible access to me, a lot of input into the program and what you need from it. So some of the course material will be determined by what the individual participants need and want to see. And also because the investment uh, is as low as it's ever going to get. I will relaunch uh, probably at the end of the year and the price will likely double as will the spots in the program. But if you are someone who is really tired of the launch stress, Running ads after ads after ads to make no more impact or income, bottom line, after all of the numbers are said and done, then I really encourage you to check it out and see if maybe this is the solution that you've been looking for. Okay. I hope this has been a good episode for you guys. I have certainly enjoyed it. And we will see you on the next episode. We've got some great interviews coming up. So I can't wait to share those with you. Take care, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Profit Able Podcast. I hope you picked up some useful nuggets to implement right away to increase your profits or your ability to live that good life. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with any coaches, course creators, or lifestyle design seekers who would find value in this content. When we support each other, we all rise higher. I look forward to bringing you more real tactical tips to grow your business and enhance your life on the next episode of the Profit Able Podcast. See you then.